0: with You don't know how you're supposed to earn it or what to do with it or how to keep it. You're a freak with a dark, shameful secret, but you're not the only one. Get your hidden financial fears with a blast of sun. Now your healing has begun. It's Bad With Money with Gabby Dunn. Hello and welcome to this week's Bad With Money mailbag episode. I'm Gabby Dunn, I wanna thank you guys for patiently waiting for our regular episodes to return. I promise you it will be worth the wait. We will be covering creative careers, ESG funds, veganism, ooh, controversy, and so much more. In the meantime, I have another mailbag episode for you because you guys keep writing in. On today's show, we're gonna talk about a recent Insider article stating that remote work may be here to stay, And then a critical Facebook comment about nylon in landfills. In the second half of the show, I will read an email about neurodivergence, a cute Facebook comment about meeting a spouse on OkCupid, and so much more. Okay, so this Business Insider article was trending and it is called, Remote Work is Becoming Permanent for a Sliver of the Workforce. And the article talked about how data from Indeed shows remote-friendly jobs are becoming more common among both listings and searches. I have seen two sides of this argument there. I actually belong to a Reddit group that is like about relationships. And some people have been talking about how they miss when their partner would go to work and come home and they could have the day apart at their jobs and the excitement of seeing each other come home. But on the other side are people who love not having a commute, love to be able to work at their own pace. So telecommuting obviously has gone way, way, way up. And it turns out that according to this article, the massive work from home experiment is quote unquote becoming permanent. I don't know what you guys think about that. And I don't know if it has really made things better for you in terms of flexibility with childcare, in terms of accommodating workers with disabilities. Um, You know, there's been a lot of different reasons why people have said they enjoy working from home. Uh, And then, of course, there's been a few people that I've seen, like I said, about those couples who are complaining about having to see too much of each other, um, where working from home has been less than ideal. I think, you know, sometimes people use the office as a nice breather and to not have to see the same surroundings and to get to, like, have social interactions. So if you have any opinions on that, please write in. I'd be so curious if you are into your work staying remote, if you are applying to mostly remote jobs, and what you feel are the downsides. Because we've heard a lot about the upsides. But what are the downsides? And not if you're a boss. If you're a boss and you care about company culture, I don't want to hear from you. But if you're an employee, I do want to hear from you. And then one final article that I wanted to talk about, which is an article on knockla.com, which is a independent journalism site in Los Angeles. They do tons of reporting about police brutality and tons of reporting that bigger outlets in Los Angeles won't touch. And I very much enjoy them. So if you want to shoot them some money, you should. It's knockla.com. But they did a really great article about how there's a company called Jameson Services that is quietly acquiring half of Koreatown. And it's all about house construction and development. So I'll put the link to that in the show notes. You should read that if you're interested in developers buying up um, properties in areas that have historically been homes for marginalized groups. Okay, so here's where y'all wrote in, and we have some good ones. So, okay, I'm going to start off, first of all, with this email from B, which is a wild ride. Are you ready? Okay. Hello, Gabby and team. There is a lot here. In short, my dad was the last person to see Alan Bono alive before he was killed by a man possessed by a demon in Brookfield, Connecticut in 1981. Google the Brookfield, Connecticut demon murders to go down a rabbit hole. And then Ed and Lorraine Warren, the famous Connecticut-based supernaturalist and possible problematic trauma feeders, got involved. A British and legit documentary company researched my dad's involvement and reached out to my family. However, my dad died in 2020, just before COVID was a thing. I said that since he is dead, but I know that information, I wanted financial compensation for giving her the info and further leads. She was good at her job and chatted me up gently. I said again that I wanted financial compensation, but also that she could record our conversation and I put her in contact with two more people who had deeper information because they were in orbit at the time of the murder and all the war and hubbub. Because you are a financial justice advocate and a writer, director, producer, I hope that you can help. I know that I contributed to their information and that I am entitled to compensation. I have not heard from the producers since September of 2021, but I don't want to let them off the hook. I've done some light Googling and I see that documentary producers try to get away with paying nothing to subjects or other helpers, but their documentary can't be told with outside knowledge, so that seems like archaic BS. The questions. One. Should I ask for a flat rate? What would that amount be? $5,000? More? Less? Since the Warrens are always hot, I bet their documentary could go to a major player like Prime or Netflix. Some of the company's documentaries are already on HBO Max and Apple TV. Two. Two. Shall I ask for a percentage of profit? Three, how do you recommend going about it in such a way that I get my cut validated and signed so I am not ignored like they never used my information and advice? Thank you, B. Okay, first of all, if you want to know more about the Warrens, you should listen to the You're Wrong About episode with Sarah Marshall and Jamie Loftus. They talk about them. Wow, this was a really interesting email to get. I say you should retain a lawyer. I think that... You should absolutely get something in writing. I think you should absolutely refuse to work with them anymore unless they give you a contract. You can also actually have your lawyer draw up a contract. There are lawyers that will work for, you know, not a huge amount of money. I think 5000 is uh, about like on the lower end of what you could ask for. I also, I think you can push for a percentage of the profit. They probably won't give it to you because they would rather just pay you a flat fee and have you go away. (laughs) But yes, I think you absolutely need to get everything in writing. I think you absolutely need to like email them. I like to get everything in writing. So like email them and be like, hi, this is what I have contributed. Be very specific and be like, this is what I would like. And don't do it over the phone. Unless you're also recording, but make sure it's a, a two-recording state or make sure that you've, you know, so it's not illegal make sure that you've asked them if you can record if it is a state where you need permission. But yes, I think you absolutely need a lawyer and I think you should not give this person any more unless they financially compensate you first. If you have any knowledge, listeners, and you want to help B, shoot an email to gabbyisbadwithmoney at gmail.com. Uh, that was a fascinating email. Okay. Here is a Facebook comment that is from Kaylin that was about the fast fashion episode we did and um, they had a little bit of a note, which is they said, I liked this episode, but I noticed it mentioning a few times that synthetic plastic derived clothing can't degrade in landfills. That's true, but nothing else can degrade in landfills either, including cotton and other natural fabrics. Landfills bury all the waste, so there isn't oxygen for anything to break down. So not a great argument against synthetic materials. I feel like synthetics shedding microplastics when washed and then those ending up in waterways and oceans is a better argument against clothes made out of synthetic materials. Thank you so much for this comment. Actually, I love when people have knowledge that they want to add to our episodes. So yes, if you were also thinking that and you, like Kaylin, meant to write that in, too bad Kaylin got there first. But yes, that is a very interesting thing to add and I do appreciate it. Okay, this is another Facebook comment. I will say that we got a comment from my mom on Facebook and it was mostly just like, thank you for this episode. So shout out to my mom, but I'm not going to read your comment. (laughs) Okay, so this comment is from Daniel and it's about our long-term relationships and money episode. What a good episode to close out the year. I listened on the day of release. Yay, thank you. Okay, back to Daniel. So much I loved hearing in this one. My spouse and I met on OkCupid. We celebrated our 11th anniversary this year. I am the major earner and although I got two raises since our world was thrown into chaos, her career was shot and it wasn't enough to cover our expenses. She pivoted into a different career and that is still getting off the ground. My New Year's financial resolution is to have more financial empathy. My spouse comes from a grueling financial and personal past. We have huge debts but some options now that our dated 80s era house has gone up a lot. Listening to your show comforts me a lot. I used to think that the only way out was claiming life insurance by getting into an accident accidentally on purpose. Oh God, I've had that fantasy too. Okay, back to Daniel. Today, I value my life more, but I still skimp on myself and put others before me. I guess that's progress. Well, thank you so much. That was really vulnerable and I really liked that comment. We're gonna take a break and then when we come back, we're gonna read an Apple review and get into some more emails and Discord comments. Okay, we're back. So if you leave a five-star review for the show, I will read it. Uh, This is our weekly five-star review from Great With Money. And it says, Intro song is an absolute banger. I'm not bad with money. I've been a financial expert since before the show started. I find myself laughing out loud at the negative money experiences and past bad decisions of Gabby and her guests quite frequently. Okay, that's rude. But anyway, okay. (laughs) Okay. And I'm am amused at how much they need to simplify concepts for their target audience. However, such people really do exist since financial education in America is quite weak. Such beginners need an approachable on-ramp to financial literacy, which Gabby provides in spades. As a side effect of Gabby providing this valuable service, I get to enjoy some sweet, sweet schadenfreude. Okay, great with money. <laughs> uh, I want to say screw off, but I'm glad you left a five-star review. And you're right. Uh, this show is an on-ramp. Okay. Plus, the intro song is an absolute banger. The best of any podcast out there. I usually replay it several times once the episode starts in my feed because it's so darn fun to sing along with. Five stars. Yay, thank you. You know, that was a real up and down neg situation. You negged and you gave and you it and you taketh away, but I'll allow it. Okay, so now we're going to finish some of the emails you guys sent and then we're going to do some Discord comments and then we'll be done here for the week. This email is from Holly. Hi, Gabby. I've been listening for about six months now, and although I am probably not your target audience, 43-year-old straight white cis woman, well, you're you're part of my audience, Holly. Anyway, yours is my absolute favorite podcast. Hey, woo! Okay, back to Holly. This is the only one that I listen to the day it drops, and it makes my Wednesday and Friday commute so much better. I want to tell your listeners that it's never too late to turn your financial life around. Two years ago, pre-pandemic, I was making a pretty good income in a job that was destroying my mental health. I never learned how to deal with money, and all the Dave Ramseys out there weren't helpful to improve my actual life and habits. Their rules never seemed to fit for me. So I floundered for 20 years of adulthood. I had no savings, terrible credit, credit cards and collections, and hundreds of NSF fees throughout my life. Resist the urge to jump on NSF soapbox. No, please jump on that soapbox right back and jump on it. The pandemic kind of forced me to finally figure it all out. I didn't get unemployment until about a month after I'd gone back to work, so I spent six weeks of lockdown on a really tight budget. Then I had to take a major pay cut to get out of my toxic job, and it was just enough to get by. 2020 taught me how to handle the little money I had, and by the time I got into a better paying job in 2021, I mostly had my shit together. 2021 was a banner year. In October, I paid off my very last debt. For the first time since I was 18, I am 100% debt free. I'm slowly starting to invest. I've rolled all the stray 401k accounts into one and I'm actually thinking about buying a house in a year or two. I truly never thought I'd get to this place. I've believed my whole life that money would control me. It's always been this beast hulking over every aspect of my life, but I finally feel free. It's been a tough, tough road and I could probably write a book about it, but I finally got here. (laughs) Ma'am, you can write a book about it. You're explaining my whole story and I wrote a book about it. There's room in this world for many books about people who have gone through this. Anyway, back to Holly. I want to thank you and your amazing guests for everything you're doing. You're helping so many people in so many ways. I'm incredibly grateful to have found your podcast and I'll be steadily working back through the years to take in everything I missed. Holly. P.S. You were always one of my faves in the but days. <laughs> she asterisked out buzz asterisk where I used to work. So that's super funny. Um, I often do that, too. Holly, you should write a book about this. This is exactly what the Bad With Money book is about, and it helped so many people, and your story sounds a lot like mine. You should try it. Why not? Okay, this is an email from Tim, and it says... Hi, Gabby. Been listening since the beginning. Read bad with money as well. Anyway, thanks for your episode on neurodivergency and money, but would have loved to hear more on strategies to deal with it. But that was probably outside of Neurodiverse Podcast, the first I heard to shine some light on a situation. Would love to hear another episode on your next season. I personally struggle with ADHD, dysgraphia, and dyscalculia. I'm so sorry. I don't know what that means, but I will look those up. And anyone who suffers with that, let me know. And maybe you relate to Tim. Tim says, I'm going to proofread this email a few times to make sure it's legible. If you wish to read this on your pod, feel free to edit it. Okay. Oh, no, it's completely legible. Do not worry. Anyway, your podcast and other finance podcasts helped me decide to start my own business, and I can finally say I'm no longer as stressed as I was when I worked for someone, and I can say I no longer live paycheck to paycheck. My savings could use a little work, but there's been a lot of expenses to starting a tree service. Thank you again, and I hope you're able to relax before the next season. Come check out Tucson sometime. We've got great wine country if you're into that. Tim. Oh, wow. Thank you for hoping I can relax. That's really sweet. Okay. Here's three Discord comments and then we can go. This Discord comment is from Alice and it says I'm a few days late but I'm also in Texas and the escrow property tax thing surprised me too. This is an email from Darby that was in one of our pre that was in one of our prior mailbag episodes about um, escrow and property tax. Our escrow account estimation for the taxes was always way off and we'd get a surprise bill for a thousand plus dollars once a year to pay back the escrow account and our monthly payment would increase for the next year. We refinanced the PMI off in 2020 so we could handle the escrow taxes ourselves and are in the process of switching to a bank with a high-yield savings account so we can draw interest on what we're saving up to pay property taxes with. I can't really articulate why, since in theory it shouldn't make that much of a difference, because we have to pay those taxes anyway, but having our mortgage payment drop without the added expense of paying into escrow each month really took a load off for us mentally. And now I just estimate what I think our property taxes will be for the next year based on what we just paid and save up accordingly throughout the year. Yes, go back and listen to the episode where we read the email from Darby all about this. And then we also got another email from a lawyer who uh, was who is willing to help anyone who wants to email Gabby money at gmail.com and I will shoot you her info um, to help with things like this. This comment is from Kelly and it says, I was just listening to the August 2021 episode on sex and dating, aka the sexy, sexy sex episode. What a good, hilarious episode. I'm glad Spotify auto-played it for me after I finished one of the season one episodes. Ooh, you must have it on shuffle. And then uh, this is a comment from Quill and a response from Tom Monkey 4. I forget, has Gabby done an episode on the ultimate pyramid scheme life insurance? Term versus whole versus should you even bother? And then Tom Monkey said, the episode Death and Money with Chanel Reynolds in 2019 discussed it, but not from a critical perspective. I am very interested, actually, if you guys want to say more on the Discord about that or email me, GabbyIsBadWithMoney.com. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. I had not previously heard about life insurance from a critical perspective, so I would love to hear more. Okay. Well, thank you to everyone who participated in our mailbag episode today. I love hearing from you, and the more we share, the stronger our community becomes. Be sure to email me at gabbyisbadwithmoney at gmail.com. You can also leave a voicemail at 844 474 4040. You can also email me a voice memo if you prefer. You guys seem to prefer that. And you can also join one of our platforms, such as Facebook, Instagram, and Discord, which will all be linked in the description. I love if you pop over to Instagram and like and comment because that seems to be where a lot of discussion is happening. Okay, love you all. Bye! Done.